All right, this is the Coast to Coast Combat Hour, uh, December 1st, first one of the last month of the year. Ed Carball, Matthew Hawkins, back on our weekly new night, Wednesday nights, uh, when we record. Uh, brought to you by AllAccessMMA.com. Make sure you check out AllAccessMMA.com for your MMA news and uh, results. Uh, Matt, we just came off of uh, something. Heavy boxing, <laughs> heavy boxing uh, weekend, and then uh, there was uh, we talked about triad combat. We had our, our our quips and our and our you know misgivings or whatever about it, but it came and went. And uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I have some thoughts on it. I don't know. What what did you think? I enjoyed it. I I thought that they did the Metallica thing as smart as you could do it. Yeah. Um. Basically, you know little set before the main event and then, you know, something before a couple songs early set before the main event. And then basically, you know, five or six, you know, long set after the pay-per-view of the, the boxing. So I thought that they did that correctly mm. for the TV viewing audience. Even if you weren't a Metallica fan, you weren't necessarily other than that 15 minute, 20 minute set before the main event, you weren't uh, inundated with, uh, with nonstop, you know, hard rock metal music so um i thought that was done well i i enjoyed it i thought it was different i thought it was um you know i it kind of went as i expected i, I mean I, we when we talked i didn't really expect the mma guys to win but when it came to the last two fights they didn't although i thought mitrione did well and i thought he uh I think even uh, Wheelock might have had him winning the winning on the card. So mm -hmm. I thought that fight was very close. I thought he looked good, and then the mere fight went basically as as expected. I didn't expect a little uh, thriller zombie walk at the end, uh, but um, other than that, I mean, I I thought Mike Perry looked okay. I thought his fight was close too, um, but, but yeah, I mean, I I thought it was entertaining. I paid the three dollars for a month already canceled, so I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to say that it wasn't worth three bucks for. Uh, I mean. I, I watched the Metallica concert, so for three bucks, it was well worth it for me. Yeah, I actually like the pacing of the fights. I mean, I don't like concerts mixed with my combat sports. I prefer to listen to just the walking track, but I mean, I didn't mind. I guess because it was Metallica, I didn't mind it. Mm -hmm. um, the, the thing with the, uh, we talked about it last week, the thing, the whole concept between team MMA versus team boxing and how, uh, how that kind of came to be last minute. Um, I saw more evidence of that at the post-fight press conference, especially with Rampage being as honest about things as he was. I mean, he was the one that when you when you listen to what he says versus how everything came about, he said that uh, like Mitrion only had three weeks to prepare, which is why he tried to finish his his match early when he got that knockdown in the first round. And then um, the other thing was that uh, apparently Frank Mir got injured preparing for it because of uh, the timing of everything, um, which is why he didn't look right at the beginning of the fight. I mean, if you notice the way he was, um, I mean, we've seen we've seen a better striking from Frank Mir in other fights. Never mind the whole, you know. I know people tried to jump on Damir Gliata about that stoppage, but I thought the stoppage was good. I mean, what about you? I yeah, at first when I watched it, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Mm -hmm. And then I heard Wheelock. I don't know if you listened to it, but Wheelock yeah. kind of jumped in to defend Mergliata. And yeah. I was I was about ready to go, okay, that's ridiculous. It it looked like a terrible stoppage. But then as Wheelock's explaining it, the replay yeah. goes, and it was probably one of the better jobs of refereeing I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. The way he positioned his body, because it looks like it looks like Mir's completely dazed and out of the fight, which he was, but 
he, you know, it, the whole fear was that he was, there was going to be a follow-up shot that was just going to send him to, you know, wherever. And, uh, Mergliata, you, you know, you kind of lose that sense in that triangle ring there where yeah. it kind of, Mir was kind of pinned in a corner and Mergliata put himself in a position where he didn't have to stop the fight initially because he was able to be between the two fighters. The minute that Puliev uh, stepped forward, he, he's right, you know, be, right when he got into somewhat striking range, Mergliata stepped in and and stopped the fight. Yeah, and I, I thought I, it, I thought it was it up at, for yeah for video viewers. Yeah, because I actually forgot that I pulled the audio out of this, and, and so we could look at it. You know, because I thought I thought initially like, hey, oh man, he's down. We're gonna watch a you know a catastrophe happen mm -hmm. right now if if this guy gets a clean shot on him. And you could see Mergliata and the obviously the triangle corner there, but I, I just thought he did a great job. And I like I said, I was. Initially, I was about to jump in and go, what the hell is going on? How can you not stop it? And then I watched it, and boom, there he is. He stops it the minute Puliev gets in range mm -hmm. to uh, to do anything. I mean, he wasn't even in kicking range, basically, would have stopped. So not that you could kick, but that shows the distance for our audio listeners. I mean, he was once he got within about six feet, uh, it was it was wave off, get in the way, and make sure yeah. nothing happens to me. So I thought, it, I thought it was a good stoppage. I thought it was a great uh, refereeing, and I thought yeah. Sean Wheelock was uh, really – really good to be able to pick it up as quick as he, he did. He was earning his money that night. That's for sure. <laughs> that's what I thought. Cause initially I'm going, Sean, you're crazy. That's what kind of started thinking. And then it's like, he's explaining it. And then sure enough, they show the replay and I go, God damn, he, he nailed that right on the head. He saw it as it happened. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and I thought that that also went towards, you know, your viewing perspective too. Cause I don't know where they were sitting on the ring ringside, but if he was depending on what side he was on, he would have been able to see that the referee was in a better spot, you know, which goes to the judging and stuff that we've talked about with him in the past. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't and, know. So and, what, and did you, I, what, what did you, I, uh, you think of everything pretty much I, 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 your... overall? I didn't, I, I kind of liked it. I liked the pacing. I remember Frank Mir was the one talking about the two minute rounds and how that was going to be better, more fan friendly. And after watching a whole event with two minute rounds going fights, going the distance, I did like that better too. Um, I, I I don't understand. Again, I mean, I'm trying not to be a dick, but I don't understand why Ray Flores is uh, uh, an ingredient for a lot of combat sports things. It, it just seems all very forced and 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 fake, you know. Like, and he was the one that was uh, even afterwards at the post fight press conference because they had him moderate that too, and and uh, he was he was still coming at Miragliata. Even after having Wheelock, who helped make these modified rules, uh, explain it to him, and um, you know that that was one thing that I was grateful that uh, I mean we had him on the podcast literally just before the, all this this triad stuff came out, and I've had we had wind of it, we could have asked him a lot of more questions about it. I mean, maybe we'll get him back one day if they do like another triad combat event, um, like if they if another one happens, if they have money left over to do another one. I don't know if they got enough 299 uh, membership signups to uh, to fund another event, uh, even with all your efforts. But uh, <laughs> um, I still think that um, I don't know, man. I just feel like uh, it was overall. I liked it. There's some concerns I had, obviously. With you know, like I I, I didn't like seeing Frank Mir that damage. He wasn't uh -huh. at the post fight press conference. They sent him to the hospital, of course. But I don't trust that. That's something that's going to happen all the time because of what we know about the thriller side of things. I mean, I know Luke Thomas already 
said his uh, piece about it like when they had the whole Holyfield uh, Belfort thing. And, um, you know, he says he doesn't trust anything. I mean, we talked about the lawsuits and stuff, and I have no idea what's happening there. He, he seems to want to continue to beef with uh, um, Dana White and everyone else. I mean, I don't think it was on by accident. I think I said this last week, too. I don't think it was by accident that it was the same night as Teofomo Lopez versus, uh, you know, George Cambosos when Triller was supposed to originally have that. I, I feel like that was on purpose, too. So I don't know. I mean, maybe they're trying too hard to be the bad boys of combat sports or you too unique or I don't know, man. But overall, I, 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 I'm I not going to lie. I liked it. Yeah. I mean, I agree with Ray Flores thing. He just doesn't seem natural at all to me. He he, he seems like a robotic. Um, he come, That's who he, he comes off as that. And I mean, I don't know if he's knowledgeable or not. I don't know enough about the guy, but he just sounds he doesn't come off well to me. I don't. I just don't. It doesn't sound like it runs smooth with the the programming, and like you said, him if he continued to ask questions in the post fight, that's that's stupid. Once it was clearly explained to yeah. him and the worldwide, yeah, audience. by the guy designated by Triller to do it, that that to even, do it, you know, even we like talked about that when he was on the podcast, how how that's the position he kind of created for himself there, and they were all about it. So like, if that's the guy that's official rules guy for Triller Fight Club, then why are you going to keep? trying to turn it into a thing i mean i guess i just think he likes talking i mean hey you know i'd like to get some money for talking <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know and then as far as the mirror thing goes i mean obviously mirrors at the end of his run but mm -hmm. i don't think we can compare him to the holyfield thing exactly i think that that's a little bit of a stretch if mirror you know, holyfield wasn't going to fight anywhere else on this planet if triller didn't put him in the ring mirror would be fighting in bkfc or would be fighting in bellator he'd be fighting somewhere if you know if if this organization didn't exist and mm -hmm. um you know, like I said, the ref did a good job in his case. I think that I think the fight was a mismatch. Um, you know, in, in almost the same level of Holyfield Belfort, but um, because I think you're putting a, a world championship level boxer against a uh, you know close to finished you know MMA fighter, mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it that's that's pushing it. Obviously, Mir's there for the frank, the name value, and that's going to continue. So we're just going to have to see. But you know, I think I just don't like criticism coming from the UFC criticizes and stuff like that. But it's like, these guys are fighting here because the UFC didn't pay him enough money. Frank Mir shouldn't have to be fighting. I said this before the event. He shouldn't yeah. have to be fighting. The guy put in his dues in the UFC, fought since UFC 33, um, sorry, 34. He doesn't need to be, uh, he doesn't need to be doing this. This, this is, this is stupid that he's been, even in this position, he should be mm -hmm. a multi-millionaire, multi-time or get champion. a commentary, like do commentary for somebody. I mean, I know he was doing it for Beltor for a little bit. He's a well-spoken guy. Um, I mean, he's, he's a smart guy, but when it comes oh. to, to fighting, I know he's, I mean, and I know he's helping coach his daughter and stuff, get her ready to, to make her, her career in fighting. But um, I mean, I hope the payday was enough and the damage wasn't as, you know, too bad again. I mean, rampage was the one that, that, uh, and he even said that the mirror probably didn't want to make that known because apparently Rampage knew about his injury and and it, and it, he didn't want to disclose. But Rampage was trying to defend because you know of all the uh, the last two outcomes. Obviously, even though Team MMA won fourteen to eleven uh, that night, um, it was still it was still so like everybody. So like Pulev got a belt because uh, he was in the main event, and then so Triller already had two belts set up to give you know. Uh, and Rampage got a belt for the team because they won. So it just seemed like a rush. 
I don't like the rushed production side of it. Um, I don't know. I did that, that. That's shadiness to me. And then the whole team thing adding the week of because I, I again I saw nothing in their press releases about you know up until they had Shannon Briggs and I mean and they keep talking about trying to have Rampage and and Shannon Shannon Briggs fight and. And I, I feel like that's, I mean, maybe it'll happen in Florida, uh, a la, you know, Holyfield Belfort, because didn't Briggs try to uh, compete not too long ago and not get, wasn't able to get licensed? I think he tested positive for steroids, but oh, I might okay. be confusing him with somebody else. I don't think he's as old. I don't think he's in his 50s yet. Um, he might be, I think he's in his later 40s, but I could mm. be wrong on that too. Um, yeah, but, I, you know, but I don't know. I, I don't like that fight because I think Rampage might get flatlined. Um, mm. That's that's what I don't like because these boxing guys aren't a joke. Not that Rampage is a joke by any means, but it's boxing. As much as we want to say it's neutral <laughs> yeah. grounds or whatever, when it all comes down yeah. to it, if you're a good boxer, you win the fight. Like yeah. a, a good boxer doesn't lose in that event just because you can grab. That's the bottom line. Yeah, and and then that was the thing that that was actually uh, when because his team lost. That was his biggest complaint afterwards was that the you know that they were grabbing too much or whatever, but it's supposed to even the playing playing field. But uh, from Rampage's observation, what he said at the post fight press conference was he actually was impressed with the way because he thought the MMA guys would be able to fight better from the clinch, and he 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 found the case to be the opposite that the uh -huh. boxers actually handle themselves better uh, from the from the clinch. And I think the best example of that was that second or third round knockout or drop that. Uh, when Seals dropped Mike Perry in that fight, um, I know Mike Perry came back because of his output. So, I mean, uh, I, I don't know if the, the shape and the size of the ring is calculated into this whole even playing field thing, but I don't know. For me, I just it just seems like there should be some sort of takedowns allowed to really even the playing field. Um, I don't, I don't think you can. I think you just call it dirty boxing, and it is yeah. what it is. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know... You could do takedowns. You could do like sweeps, but boxers aren't going to go do that. You're not going to get a guy like Pulev to go in there and do that. They have nothing mm. to gain by it. He can go box somewhere and make this money, you know? Well, he and, did train with uh, uh, Blagoy Ivanov to, to get ready for this, which I thought was smart of him. Not a good body type. It's a good, yeah. you know, and, and and probably definitely, you know, a guy who obviously with this Sambo has the upper, you know, upper body grappling and mm -hmm. stuff. But I, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, the bottom line is I enjoyed it. If they do it again, I'll pay $3. You know, I did the monthly <laughs> subscription again. Anybody listening? I did the monthly subscription. <laughs> I ordered it for $3. And then at the end of the show, I just canceled my subscription. I get it for another three weeks still because you have to pay for the whole month. But it was literally three. Oh, so you get to watch uh, 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 Bone Thugs and. Uh... Oh, Bone Thugs versus, uh, was it, 3-6 <laughs> Mafia or, or something like that? Is that who it is? Yeah. Or, yeah. So, yeah, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even. I don't even know. But uh, but that's that's the way I yeah, did it. I mean, um, let's be honest. We could do without Fat Joe, whoever Crime Faces is, and Eric B. Yeah, like, I don't need to hear Fat Joe yelling "Gigliotta" or "Gigliotta" eight hundred <laughs> times. Uh, yeah, I, I'm assuming he thought that was funny. They obviously had drinks at that table too. So. Yeah, that's what I was. I was gonna <laughs> say. I don't know who. I, yeah, but uh, that's all I'll say on that. But um, yeah, no, I thought Tumanev looked good. I think he looked better than anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and 
that's the thing that, you know, the MMA guys won their fights without using the clinch. Like you were saying, Rampage said, uh, Tumanov outboxed his opponent. Uh, Alexa Culp knocked out her opponent. That was a mismatch. Mm-hmm. Quick, quick blitz finish in, in about a minute. Uh, Campos, same kind of thing, used boxing. And then it might Perry fight was even, some could argue even lost that fight. And that would have changed the, the, scoring output uh i think it would have meant yeah and, and i don't know how it would have worked out but briggs, briggs admitted at the end of the press conference that he was being a sorry loser with all his complaints but he he still said and i kind of agree with him like because of of uh the the minute skill i mean the the because they call boxing sweet science for a reason and a lot of guys you know if you train your career feeling out opponents and you have you know you have 10 8 10 11 rounds to to feel someone out to like you know actually calculate that into your plan versus uh, a smaller cutoff space where where MMA fighters all look to blitz you and and you know like Mike Perry's tactic was because he actually said it afterward you know because Seals had the height and reach advantage he said he actually said he fights long so I'm gonna put pressure on him and um we saw that he did that especially when he got hurt so I just feel like um yeah man I I uh I think uh they I think they need to look at those rules a little bit more but um. I think I'd watch another one, though. I definitely would watch another trailer Triad Combat. I would, and you know, like I said, I could do without the music. Um, yeah, and please, you know, no more. Because it's not going to get better than Metallica. I don't even know it. who Crime Faces is. I mean, I hate. I mean, uh, I hate to. Maybe I'm old. You know, I have no idea. I have. I have no idea. So, <laughs> anyways, we'll move on to uh, more of the regular schedule that we're used to. <laughs> yeah, uh, thank God. <laughs> with this Friday, a big return. Uh, by the, oh boy. the yeah. actual champ of Bellator's bantamweight division, Kyoji Horiguchi, uh, the rising champ, uh, pound for pound, in my opinion, easily pound for pound top 10 fighter in the world, uh, makes his return to Bellator, uh, record 29 and three, uh, one of those to Demetrius Johnson, one of those already avenged and one of them to a fighter that was 14 and one, uh, who he fought early in his career. Um, at the time. So uh, just one of the greats, uh, Sergio Pettis coming off of his dominating win over Archuleta uh, wins over mix. Uh, you know, the, the, the Bantamweight champion at the time, but even he's admitted that this is uh, that he's holding it right now until Friday mm-hmm. night when we, when we crown the actual champion. So, uh, I mean, a huge, this is it, it. You know, this is one of those Bellator fights that, if I had my way, I w- we would be seeing it advertised on the big sports networks. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm not saying every Bellator card should be should be hyped uh, because they shouldn't be. Um, some of them, in fact, should be probably talked down. Wearing the sweater on. again. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, but uh, but this is one of those fights uh, that that the MMA world should be should be watching. If there was one, f- I mean. You know, when you got a legend like Aldo fighting the next day, I'm not going to say that mm-hmm. this is the one fight you should watch. But as far as, you know, in, in my opinion, if I was going to watch one fight this weekend, it would be Sergio Pettis, Kyoji Horiguchi. Um, I mean, I don't know if you want to start earlier in the card, but uh, we can s- stick with this one. I-, I don't know how you see it going. I want to lean heavily Horiguchi, but I tend to always underestimate Pettis. Um, yeah. You know, so... I- so- <laughs> It makes it harder pick than than you know six months ago you know a year mm-hmm. ago I would have said Horiguchi, no questions asked. Uh, this one I go with lean Horiguchi, but more of like a sixty forty uh, kind of thing where where if well, he doesn't. It's funny show, you say that because it looks like that's how folks are 
There you go. Yeah. 58-42, according to the fans. So, yeah, I mean, that's just the way I kind of see it. I, I don't I, – I think – and it's not because Horiguchi's declined in any sense. To me, it's just the tr- the great performance that Pettis had in his last bout to, to get the title and um, and just how he seemed to have risen to the occasion mm. once he got to Bellator uh, and, and put on some really good – Good performances and beat some really really good opponents. So and he was I, and yeah and he held two titles when he did that. Like he won the Bellator title, he won the Ryzen title. So if we can get back to that, I feel like this is me being stupid or whatever you want to call it. But um, I feel like because of how if you remember his injury when he had to relinquish both titles, it was just before COVID nineteen started. So I feel like if this if he comes back and he wins on Friday. And he goes back to Japan and starts throwing down there. I mean, he's already picked up a win since he's returned at the end of, at the beginning of or, uh, last New Year's Eve at, at Ryzen 26 when he avenged the loss that he got that non-title loss. Um, so I feel like this is this is like the the fight gods letting us know we're coming back and and you know what I mean? Like like I, I, as far as the matchup, um, I don't I don't disagree with these odds. I'm 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 leaning Horiguchi, but. I mean, we like you said, we we've seen uh, since he's come to Bellator. I, I I feel like just something that has fired off in Sergio Pettis that makes him more dangerous than ever he ever was. You know, when he was with at the UFC, um, he even said today during the media day that he's training differently. Like he doesn't train with his brother anymore because because you know you do your thing, I'm gonna do my thing, and we'll you know we'll get it, we'll we'll do our thing when we're together. And I just feel like that's um. That that's got a lot to do with the the this this Sergio Pettis that we're seeing at Bellator. Like you know, when he was at the UFC, he was Anthony Pettis's brother, but at Bellator, he's Sergio Pettis, the bantamweight champion. <laughs> you know what I mean? I that's actually pretty well said. I, I didn't think about that way, but it's kind of the truth. He he mm-hmm. got away from it, the shadow of his his older brother. Um, now, with that said, as, as soon as I started thinking about Ryzen, you know, I thought about how much like. That would the rule set there seems like it would fit the you know at least you know definitely uh, definitely you know the other you know his brother Pettis uh, Anthony um, soccer kicks and stuff like that so mm-hmm. it, instantly I thought man it would be nice to see him you know because he didn't really successful in P- PFL I don't know if he's planning on making another run there or what, how that's going to work but you know but you know but like nice to see him step away from like you said his, his brother's mm-hmm. shadow and uh, I man I just I. I, I hate to get too hyped for these fights because they, <laughs> I always feel like they can't live up to this <laughs> fantasy expectation I have in my head of like the greatest fights, you know, a montage of like the greatest 10 fights ever happening. But I feel like this has potential to be great. I think it's going to be technical. I don't think it's going to be a, like a wild brawl. Uh, although Horiguchi can come at you. Uh, I think Pettis has the ability or, or the, the, the ring generalship um, <laughs> to, uh, to be able to, keep this fight at least a, a somewhat of a boxing MMA boxing mm. kickboxing match. Um, so I think it's going to have to be Horiguchi landing bigger shots, heavier yeah. punches. <clears throat> I think they probably land about the same output. Um, but I, I think that Horiguchi just has a little bit more pun- pop in his punches. Whereas Pettis will have to be, you know, really, really sharp and, and, and Horiguchi might have to be off his game a little bit to be getting caught with a bunch of jabs and a bunch of quick straight punches, which, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is, I think is the way Pettis, Pettis's way to victory is to come out jabbing and, and, and catch him and just yeah. keep, keep stick to the game plan for five rounds. Yeah. Like play a longer, 
a longer game with him. I agree that's, with that. That's the way I see it. Because I think if yeah. you, if if we do get into a brawl, I think I think Horiguchi could could land that big haymaker, which you know, so, you know, at least in Rising with the ring, when he gets people kind of in corners, he's he's not hesitant about going after them. So it's different in the in the circular, uh, with the the Bellator cage. But um, yeah, you know. I love the fight, and I'm glad to see Horiguchi back. Yeah, me too. And there's a lot of good fights. Like this fight's actually pretty good too, with Emmanuel Sanchez and and Jeremy Kennedy. Um, there's a. I wanted to try to. I mean, obviously my my schedule got thrown off. The prelims uh, has uh, my boy Vinicius De Jesus also back on. Uh, this is his first fight back with Bellator since Jesus, what like 2015, 2016. You know, he stepped away. He got the CES welterweight title, and and then uh, he went off to to do other things. Um, he fought in LFA, fought fought in fought uh, CES, and now he's back here. Um, hopefully, he, get, he picks up a win to get him back on track uh, because I think he lost the LFA fight too. But uh, I mean, the guy's always training. He's he's a monster, uh, taller than I am, 170 pound. He picked me up like I was a baby. Cracked my back last time I saw him. So. He's a he's a big dude um, for 170, um, but that's a fight I'm looking forward to on the uh, on the prelims. You got Spike Spike Carlisle and Dan Moret. Um, the Carlisle one's interesting. I just yeah, you know, uh, he's having a quick, not fairly quick turnaround. About six weeks ago, he won the main event at Cage Warriors uh, San Diego here mm-hmm. um, in, in a in a big win over JJ Ambrose. So interesting to see how that fight got him. Seems to have gotten him a fight within six seven weeks. Uh, you know, against a good opponent on a on a on a good Bellator card, so good for Spike Carlisle as he as he works his way back up. Yeah, and um, I'm trying to find to go back to uh, uh, where are we going here? Back to the main card, um, because we didn't really look at the rest of it. Uh, Josh Hill, Jared Scoggins is yeah. interesting. Scoggins has had several fights canceled since he signed with Bellator. Uh, really did well on in the South Carolina scene uh, out there with Doc Doc Lucas um, and, and Josh Hill's been around for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, veteran of the game. I, I do think Josh Hill. I do favor him in this fight, um, but I mean it was Goggins, you know, obviously with his his brother too, uh, got quite the fighting family. So. Yeah. Plus, it's the what bantamweight division, which is that's a Shark Tank over at Bellator. Yeah, I mean, I lean Josh Hill in this fight, but I think that that has potential fight of the night written on it for for uh, nonstop action. Yeah, what do you think of these middleweights? I mean, I feel like uh, we don't we don't see enough middleweight action over at Bellator. No, there's really not. Uh, you think about it, Musashi gets forgotten about now um, mm-hmm. by at least by me. Um, <laughs> you know, but yeah, no, Emblem's interesting. He's he's six and zero or five and zero in Bellator. Um, so he's you know and and. Uh, Huck Buddy's making his uh, Bellator debut. You know, a nine and zero prospect, six foot three. He's got good size for a middleweight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, both these guys do six foot three, six two. You got to you got to be a minimum, I would say, six two to be, you know, able to hang with the, the bigger middleweights. Um, you know, for the body type. But I don't know, nine and zero. Like I said, five and zero in, in Bellator. So, you know, yeah. I, I got to think that this is probably one of those fights where the people behind the scenes are rooting for. Uh, Eblen to, to pick up the win here, go to 10-0 and, and, and 
you know, yeah. be, be one of those guys. Cause obviously Bellator signs a lot of these guys early when they're young. And when you get guys like AJ McKee, who are able, when you're able to go, Hey, look, we signed this guy when he's three and oh, and now he's yeah. 10 and 0 or 11 and 0, uh, all in Bellator, you know, against, you know, not necessarily the best competition as they work their way up. But I, I think Bellator does a good job. If you're going to sign guys who have only had two, three, four fights, don't, there's no reason to rush them. I mean, that's, this is the guy's first main card fight. You know, there was no, just it, like they did with McKee. What was it? 17 yeah. fights before, yeah. before the title fight. So, and um, again, I mean, I know we talked about this before too. I mean, that's the people like to, to make, use Bellator as the, the, you know, the retirement home for the UFC or whatever the hell jokes they like to make. But I mean, we just went through a whole bunch of examples again of young talent that they bring in and, and build. So, um, and then we got Saturday night, uh, uh, as uh, the UFC stands like to say, Jose Aldo fight week card, all on ESPN, which you know I like. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. They haven't done that in a while. <laughs> <laughs> we just need Dana White to get COVID and we can finally get an ESPN card, huh? Yeah. I mean, it, looks, it looks like wow. it, right? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, and that's a joke. Hopefully Dana White and his family obviously get Oh, get yeah. Better. I mean, if you read the report uh, – you read the report. Oh, wait a second. Is the main card ESPN Plus? I thought it was ESPN. Tapology has it as ESPN. All right, so but it, it, it might be on both. It might be simulcast on both. I know, because the prelims, they have the, the double symbol. I hope it's on both. Well, I guess we'll find out on, on Saturday. Or when I check my DVR. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know, man. Let me bring up this the, the main event. Uh, it's again, it's funny because this, this is a 135 pound main event. Bellator's got their 135 pound main event, um, except theirs has a title on the line. And this is uh, this is Jose Aldo that always worries me these days when he fights versus the guy ranked just above him and Rob Font. Um, I don't know, man. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is a great fight. Um, yeah, it really is. I mean. Aldo had his tough run when he first dropped down. You know, he had his, he lost to Volkanovski and they lost to Marias. Close fight, that he lost to Jan. Um, but since then, wins over Vera, uh, which is proving to be a good win. Maybe not a great win, but a good win. And uh, Pedro Munoz, which I would say is a great win. Um, but then you look right across the cage at Font, and mm-hmm. you got a guy who's on a long now, you know, solid win streak. You know, starting with the win over Sergio Pettis, who we just talked about, the Bellator champ. So mm-hmm. he's got that in his in his uh, pocketbook. It was six years ago, but he's got that. He's also got wins over Ricky Simone, uh, Marlon Marais, and Cody Garbrandt, uh, all consecutive leading to this fight. You know, I mean, I, I with Aldo, you keep going. Is this the time he passes the torch? But then you realize that Aldo's like 32 years old. You know, we're not talking about a guy mm-hmm. who's 38, 40, you know, who, who's really age-wise is being forced to retire. I mean, in theory, Waldo could fight for another 10 years and, yeah. he, and he would still be young <laughs> kind of in the world of MMA fighting yeah. which, where, where we're heading, which is, which is weird because it seems like he's been around since, you know. The SCG days. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there's, uh, there's usually not a movie out about a fighter, a fighter's life when they're still fighting. You know, there's no, there's a, and, there's a, and there's they're a, there's like, there's a movie about him, like, and they're ten years younger than I am. Mm-hmm. Like, that's yeah, the it, the world's flipped. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I so with that said, it's hard for me to pick against Aldo. You know, like I, I he's one of my 
you know, it's it how, how do you pick against the guy? He always seems <laughs> to step up. You know, obviously, I don't think he's on Peter Yan's level, but I don't think yeah. anybody is. Um, and and uh, you know, the fight with Marias was a was a split decision, which a lot of people thought he won. I was at mm-hmm. it. I think it was U, uh, UFC two forty five a um, couple December's back, uh, but uh, you know, I. I got to go with Jose Aldo. I, I mean, I think Font can win. I guess he could really beat him up, but I just, I feel like Aldo, until I see just devastation that's not by a guy, you know, that's the champ, uh, I, I, I got to stick with Aldo. I think it's going to be a hell of a fight, though. I, I, I mean, they have Aldo as the underdog with slight uh, underdog. Yeah. It's just, you know, yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with the odds. Mm-hmm. I, I think if I was going to bet money, I probably would lean towards Font, but just, with my heart and then me going, you know, I've, uh, it's just, is it, it can't be the time yet. Is it going to yeah. be the time, you know? And, and I, and I still think all those got something in the tank, especially with the move down to 135. He seems to have handled that well and healthy uh, yeah. from the start when, when it's weird. Cause he had trouble at times looking at 145. There was times yeah. he looked like he was bloated or, you know, not bloated, but you know, skeletal. Yeah. I mean, my, my thing with, uh, with being hesitant on picking him, it's, uh, it's because I mean we've seen the the Jose Aldo of late have issues. I don't want to say fatigue or whatever, or or, or he just doesn't wear damage as well as he used to. You know, when you look at the the more recent losses that he's had, so uh, uh, that's why I I kind of agree with these odds too. Um, I, I it'd be nice for him to win. Um, so I mean that that's I'll leave it at that. I don't want to make a pick. I feel like uh I don't know. I feel like I feel like uh, Rob Font uh that I think if the fight goes longer it might favor Rob Font. So um I know. I mean, I know we didn't really look at this whole card uh because we were focused on Belter with that being their last one and it's having the title fight on it. But there's also there's a lot of uh, talking about putting legends on cards. I mean, you got Clay Guida on this card against Leandro Santos. Mm-hmm. I know Good fight. Link- Lynch picked up a nice interview with Rafael Fiziev for this event over at MMAnews.com. That's um, the fight right there. I mean, that's that. I don't want to say that because Aldo and Font's got mm-hmm. violence written all over it too. But mm-hmm. this fight has, you know, barroom brawl, blood stained mat written all over it. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I don't even. It's I can't even really pick this fight. You got two guys. Mm. Um, I don't. Mean, what are the odds show on it? I, to me, it's a coin. Some, I think uh, it's a uh, uh, Fiziev's the favorite. But I mean, minus one twenty five plus yeah. one hundred five is basically a coin flip. I mean, very little favorite. So yeah, uh, you know, great fight. You know, really, really good fight. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. I am not going to complain. We've complained a million times about you know maybe this isn't a co-main event in my mind, but <laughs> I don't know what a co-main event is anymore. Uh, Clay Guida, like you said, Jimmy Crute. Nice to see him coming back after the uh, the uh, Michael Chandler ankle issue uh oh yeah that's right i forgot that about had, that yeah that he yeah. had it uh what was it 261 i believe the, the first one back when i was in uh it was like 260 261 yeah the, the yeah. one in jacksonville right on jacksonville yeah, yeah the first one first fan return event uh and that's the same event that jamal hill had his arm uh elbow dislocated so these are the, these two guys <laughs> you know the uh, these two guys led me up to weidman's leg break so the the Oh God! Hopefully, there's no more. <laughs> no, no, but this is flashback city. These were the, these were like the appetizers to the leg break. We had a oh my a, God. A, a, a limp ankle, and then we had a dislocated arm. 
Uh, good fight. Good fight. I'll go with Jimmy Crute. Anybody who tries to fight, <laughs> he'll, then tap, he'll then tap with his arm <laughs> flapping around either. But uh, I, I think Crude is the better fighter in the two, so I'm going to leave. Yeah, him. he'll win out partying afterwards because apparently it was just dislocated and he popped it back. Yep, so. seems like a good dude, uh, you know. And Oh, my God. If it pops, you know, usually when that happens, once it can happen again. If it happens again during this fight, I'm, I'm going to throw my... <laughs> TV out the window. <laughs> oh, that, that stuff. I'm the same way. As much as we watch the sport and and you know I play with joint manipulation uh, enough on my week during my regular week, I still cringe at that stuff. I'm not. I'm not. No, thank you. No, no, thank you. Um, yeah, and uh, uh, I mean, where's the uh, prelims? Oh, Maki Patolo, Coconut Bombs is on this. He's the underdog <laughs> against this guy. Uh, I don't know. I always I like Maki Patolo, so I'm, I always kind of root for him on the prelims. But uh, it should be an, and Mary Martin versus Cheyenne. Used to be Cheyenne Bai. She's going Vlismus now. But um, Mallory Martin's another fun fight to watch. This is actually a really good card. Yeah, a lot of action. A lot, yeah. lot of action. Mickey Gall early in the night fight and Smolka uh, jerking the curtain on the way out, which is, you know, <laughs> I mean, pretty good. I, I yeah. you know, I, like I said, I, maybe the, you know, the upper part of the card could, you know, it's, seems, la- you know, it's a fight night. It's not mm-hmm. a pay per view. So I, I got to keep changing my, but yeah, it looks like there's a lot of good prospects and a lot of good action uh, potentially for Saturday evening. Was this yeah. an early card? Are they? What do we got with that? Does it uh, does it say a start time? Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's regular regular time. I mean, the first fight is uh, oh, what the hell? Jesus Christ! I didn't want seven to do this. p.m. Yeah, okay, so it looks like it's a seven p.m. Eastern time. Thing they sucked me into this ESPN Plus shit. There you go. I know how you're excited you are to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, the main card's at ten. I was trying to get. Why does it keep doing that to me? Oh, because maybe because I'm, I'm clicking the wrong thing. Seven o'clock is the first, yeah, on the prelim start. So, so it looks like it's they're they're getting that back to normal too. Regular uh, air times versus this early bullshit that we were doing before the holidays. So, which I didn't mind, but too early is too on a Saturday too for me. I'm definitely gonna be watching them on Sunday. You know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I early ones are fun when there's like you know a big boxing fight or something going on in the evening. But if there's nothing else going on, then. Uh, just give me give me the general start time. Move it up an hour or two if you want, but we don't need to be doing any 10 a.m. start times on yeah. the West Coast. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think between Friday and Saturday night, a lot of action. I think both cards are worth watching. Um, obviously, Bellator's on Showtime. Prelims are on the YouTube, uh, their YouTube channel, and uh, I think the Bellator app as well. Yeah. I yeah. look forward to it. I think... Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of action. So, it's going to be a good uh, weekend. Yes, sir. <laughs> so I think I'll sign us out. Fans can check out the show at Combat Hour on Twitter, Coast to Coast Combat Hour on Instagram. Follow me, Matthew Hawkins, at MMAHawk21 on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Ed at Carbazol on Twitter, Carbeerzol on Instagram, Old Head Carb on Twitch. Ed, have a great rest of the week, man. And uh, again, fans can always check us out at allaccessmma.com for our video podcast. Ed, have a good weekend. You too. Thanks for listening, everyone. Peace. Good night.